<laughs> the teachings are infinite. We vow to learn them all. And the Buddha way is inconceivable. We vow to attain it. So today we'll go a little more deeply into the, uh, the teachings are infinite. We vow to learn them all. This uh, unending present moment is the endless teaching of Zen. I'll say that again. This unending present moment, hmm? infinite, right? Is the endless teaching of Zen. So familiarization with what is present in this moment, that is the unending infinite teaching. That is our practice. The waterfall and the bird song are the great sutras. So in terms of teachings, you know, the sutras, any of us who have practiced a little of maybe of Vipassana and been around the Theravada tradition, there's all kinds of conversations and pointing out instructions and so on in the sutras. But here in Zen, we say the waterfall and the bird song are the great sutras. Even, you know, the heart sutra. That's the one we're most familiar with. And this points to the immediacy of this way of learning. That nature can train us, can train us. We can learn from it. So learning, accumulating an understanding, you could say, occurs by being present in this moment of our life. That's what I refer to as familiarization. Familiarization. It's so intimate, it's so close, not far away. We don't have to go off to anywhere beyond where we're sitting right now. So it occurs by being present in this moment of our life and our life is continually teaching us. We get a response. Mistake. Good response, bad response. Painful, happy, <laughs> hungry, tired. Our life itself, our life is continually teaching us directly and intimately. There's no better instructor than the life we have. Forget all the Zen masters and great enlightened beings. Your own life close to you. This breath and breathing out sensation in the body, listening, seeing how that ongoing experiencing is going on. 
It's landing. It's landing in what? Hmm? Good question. What am I? What is this? So you could say stimulating our curiosity huh, brings us closer to this teaching, the continual teaching of our present life. So we could say, you know, we're, we're continually being trained just in being alive. Uh, alive in these times, boy, you know, it's like we're having all kinds of reaction and uh, concern and actually longing for for something to be different or something to change or all of that confusion that comes up and we, we see it, it goes nowhere. But we wouldn't know that if we hadn't allowed ourselves to have the experience if we weren't willing to sort of be in the midst of our life and accumulating experience. Personally, I have 74 years <laughs> of life. It's a lot. There's a lot to remember, a lot to forget. <laughs> uh, it's astounding to me how long my life has been looking back, you know, how, how quickly the last 10 years went by or the last 20, you know, and my, my son is 38. How'd that happen? He was just a little kid. So that, that encounter with the, you might say the everyday, the we say our everyday mind is the true way that's that is pointing to how we are trained we are even enlightened by the experience of our own life the instruction of that i say instruction because we could even say there's always more to learn that's a little dicey like there's something missing but sustaining a readiness for learning that's cultivating our don't know sustaining a readiness for learning do you know we're honestly if we're honest with ourselves we're hungry for some kind of uh deeper understanding or making good sense of the life we have making good sense of it Again, I talk about our uh, addiction to certainty. We always wanted to have, okay, here's the way to go. Here's what's happened. Here's my history. Here's the life I'm in. And it's just like this. And we're locked in to a fixed view. And learning has stopped. A fixed view. That's the danger in kind of figuring it all out. <laughs> it said, our learning ends at that point. I have the answer. I understand it all. It's like this, A, B, and C, you know, that kind of simplicity. Sometimes, you know, that's the allure of some of the extreme 
religious practices, some of the extreme religions that that very, I would say, in detail lay out, this is how it is. This is who you are. This is what your life is about. This is what you should be doing. These are the rules. These are the pitfalls. It's just like this. And you can trust this. And it's all in a book or in the lips of a teacher. And for many people, that is a comforting training. It's uh, They can become so deeply familiar with, say, the worldview of that religious tradition or any tradition, then our learning has stopped. The, the liveliness, the potential of unfolding the mystery of this life, it's mysterious. Where did it come from? I was talking to Rich just now, touching upon that. When we're born, where do we come from? When we die, where do we go? You know, we can't say for sure. <laughs> and that's the goodness about of that phrase. It just, it makes us cl clear that it's mysterious in a way. And not unknowable, but it can be experienced. There's an experience waiting for us, moment to moment waiting for us. So we're being trained just in being alive. And this is the fact, we could say, fact of the Buddha way. This is how, you know, Buddha found his way. There were all kinds of uh, practices and asceticism and so on at the time of his life. Very clear uh, in the, you know, Hindu tradition and uh, Tantra, all, all those other practices that uh, he, he dove into head first, really got involved, uh, but found the limit, the limit of that certainty based on some, some worldview, some sense of understanding that he was, by the tradition he was in, by the, the world he was in of, of India at that time, to the point where, which is so beautiful, he saw the limitation of that. He saw the enclosure of that fixed view. And so he walked away and found a beautiful Bodhi tree and sat down and he just sat there. He was just there. We say six years, who knows, maybe, but that was enough. What was the training he stepped into? The immediacy of the life he had. That's, that was the wisdom, the source of his wisdom. And what's so beautiful about that is we have the same school before us, a learning place. We have the same environment of being human in this life and our curiosity and our willingness to encounter and be with uh, our tolerance for don't know, for not knowing. 
so that leaves us curious and inquiring. That's the attitude of a person who's really learning something in the life they're having. The teachings are infinite. We vow to learn them all. Sometimes we say, well, tomorrow we're talking about the Buddha way. Inconceivable. Inconceivable means beyond concepts. So these teachings, the teachings of this moment are beyond concepts. It's simply the freshness of this moment before thinking, we'll call it the intelligence prior to thought. We have that, an intelligence prior to thought, not the accumulation of everything we know, an intelligence prior to thought that can encounter and be in just this moment. And we can say learning. Learning them all is not a, a mental, achievement. There's nothing to remember. <laughs> nothing to understand. Don't put anything between yourself and just this. Boom. Well, it's now again. Here we are. Now. The teachings of our Zen tradition are instructions that point to an experience. Distinguishing an experience of simply being, simply being, not doing, being amidst the ongoing flow of our everyday lives. Pointing to the experience, distinguishing, there's experience of simply being amidst the ongoing flow of our everyday lives, our everyday mind. Our training is simply familiarization. Familiarization, coming to recognize what is already there before us, becoming present. So learning these infinite teachings is not about understanding. Namchan corrected Joju on that. <laughs> understanding is illusion, straight out. And not understanding is blankness. So this infinite teaching is before thought, before thought. Then Namchan said, if you completely attain the true way of not thinking before thought, it's like space, clear and void. Like space, anything can occur. It's the empty mirror. Any of you that I've taught with my favorite little round mirror, it just reflects what's before it in the moment and nothing sticks. Like space, clear and void. So attain is the key word, the key instruction. Attain points to the immediacy 
of our experience, direct experience. It's all about that. Okay. <laughs> Any questions? Any objections? <laughs> Any disagreements? Let me have it. Yes, Claire. <laughs> In addition to the teachings that are infinite, I'd add that the teachers are also infinite. In terms of the events of this world, yeah. Nothing personal. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, the teacher, the I don't know, infinite teacher. It lives in here. That's our, it, it's an intelligence, an intuition, a capacity to know, an intelligence prior to thought that we all have. We all have. No one's missing that. Yeah. Um, your, your quote there where you said, understanding is delusion and not understanding is blankness. Hmm. Um, would you, blankness kind of as mental fog, lack of curiosity, what, what, what do you mean by blankness there? Well, I think that's a good term. I think it's good you point to it. Uh, because we can misunderstand, don't know, and take it as blankness, you know, absence of, of thought or absence of any understanding, absence. So, so sort of a, a frozen state, blankness. Not understanding can be blankness. Okay, I'm going to hang out in stupidity. I'm going. <laughs> I'm going to just. I'm going to not know anything about anything. I'm just going to hang out there, and I'll, I won't be responsible for anything. I won't learn anything, but. I can just relax. I can remain with not understanding and, and have this blank slate. So that's that's my sense of the spirit of it. Blankness, not understanding is blankness. Understanding is illusion makes perfect sense because I, I know how much I understand and how what BS it is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no. I, um, I was wondering if you could just expand a little bit on the word infinite. The teachings are infinite. Is that in a sense of, of um, the possibilities are endless? Every moment is a new experience to be known so to speak yeah infinite endless sort of like no end point no you might say conclusion uh and because it's it's unrolling you know sort of like being rolled out before us in in the midst of our present day experience in our in our lives it, it's ongoing uh We don't know where it ends. 
you know, you could say, well, it ends at death. Well, you know, some traditions say that's not the end. There's more. You know, you can you can learn more in that experience. I don't want to promote that too much. There's a lot of controversy, <laughs> but um, yeah, infinite, no limit, unending, without beginning or end, and and immediate, con continually appearing endlessly, re appearing endlessly. That's the teachings that are, you know, infinite. Teachings are infinite. Thank you. Yeah, that makes sense according to our, you know, our own experience, right? It just kind of goes on and on and, yeah, year after year. Yeah. Does the mirror, being a mirror versus blankness, does the mirror um, experience include making mistakes and learning from it? Because things are happening like, oh, this. And um, it feels like it's sort of versus blankness. If you define it as like blankness as in like, blank state not taking any choice any sides or not sides but just like right statement ignorance but um no it's not blank no the mirror is not blank there's the the mirror is like uh vividly alive you could say it's 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 clarity it's it's response to what's before it and unendingly just like but it's fresh Nothing sticks to the mirror. I mean, we just know that from our understanding of mirrors, nothing, no image sticks to the mirror. That the, the surface of it, the reflective surface, we could say the responsive surface remains fresh. So that's not blankness. There's, there's nothing, no, you could say no content on the surface of the mirror, no preconceived uh image it only reflects what's before it now and now and now and it's always changing always fresh that makes sense right or our response to it um what is our response to the mirror we are the mirror and we are simply like ah oh, this happened um but oftentimes in our life uh, situations require us to respond in a certain way. Mm -hmm. and, um, and at that moment, it feels like we're supposed to do this thing, um, respond a certain way. And later yeah. it could be a mistake or realize like, oh, maybe that wasn't it. Um, I think, but, I think, I think uh, Sansanim is really clear on that. So beautiful. She says, uh, when we remain in the moment, then the fitting response becomes apparent. It's, it's clear what's, what's invited, what's called for, what would be a fitting response to this particular moment, this experience, this invitation to respond. Yeah. It's different than having 
a standard, uh, any kind of framework where whatever goes on, it has to fit into my idea of things. It has to fit into my model of the world. And, and then based on that and where it fits my model, I respond. But there's this overlay of our idea. And when we're in the moment, when we're just resting and in, in don't know, we say, you know, moment world, the, the, the immediacy of this moment and what's before us invites a fitting response. Even if it's no response, if it's just being with it. Yeah. Right. Are we all clear? It's okay. Enough talk. <laughs> Thank you all for your engagement with this. I, I think it's really, really fascinating. The teachings are infinite. We vow to learn them all. Yeah. Thank you for your attention. <laughs>